Hey, everybody, it's Jason. I'm still in Italy. I took a two week vacation, but the show must go on. And we had two amazing guests we had booked before I even planned my trip to Italy. And I had no choice but to do these two interviews because they're awesome companies doing awesome things. Glenn Kelman was on. Uh, I recorded that episode from Florence. What a wonderful city. I went to see the Statue of David. I ate gelato, pasta, walked around. I saw incredible art. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. And the interview with Glenn was amazing. You guys had so many great comments on it. I saw a lot of people sharing it on Twitter. He was super honest. And immediately after having Glenn from Redfin on, I said to him in the post show, where well, we going to do a little chit chat? Uh, hey, can we, he said, this is such a great experience. I loved it. I said, yeah, you know, let's do it again in exactly a year. And his PR person said, sure, we'll book it for a year from now. And then you guys and gals all loved it so much. We said, you know what, we'll have them on in six months. Our next guest is working on a company called Splice. And I've been waiting to have him on the program because I've heard about this company over and over and over again from my friends in the music business, my wife who likes to sample music and uh, makes music sometimes and a, a number of my friends. So I decided, hey, I'm here in Tuscany. I'm literally out of the pool. If you're looking at this on YouTube, I'm wearing a hat. This is a, actually technically a swim shirt. I jumped out of the pool. I ran to my desk to do this interview. And after this, I am going to go for a hike. And then I'm having a pizza party uh, and uh, uh, with a bunch of my friends here in uh, the countryside in Tuscany. Season three of The Next Unicorns is brought to you by Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Your first app is free forever, and right now, Odoo is offering $1,000 off your first implementation pack at odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot slash twist. LinkedIn Jobs. A business is only as strong as its people, and every hire matters. Post your first job free at linkedin.com slash unicorn. And Embroker's startup insurance program helps startups secure the most important types of insurance at a lower cost and with less hassle. Save up to 20% off of traditional insurance at embroker.com slash twist. And while you're there, get an extra 10% off using offer code twist. So uh, as many of you know, Music has changed a lot since uh, many of us were kids in the 70s and 80s. There were musicians and they played instruments. But then this wonderful thing called a computer came out. Bill Gates put one and Steve Jobs put one in every home. Now we have not only one in every home, we have one in every pocket, one attached to every TV. And music has advanced massively. Uh, many of you know that sampling in hip hop became a very, very big trend. You know, even from the late 70s, uh, Rapper's Delight, Sugar Hill Gang, I think being one of the first to use a sample. And since that time, people with their laptops have been creating their own music. But it is fraught with intellectual property issues. And you are only as good as the collaborators as you could get in one room. Studio musicians and, and having the money to get a band together kind of determined if you were going to make a breakout success, but because of the internet and because of sampling and now because of Splice, 
you can make incredible songs with a team of collaborators and you don't even have to be in the same room. And great music is being made. Some people might argue, are these musicians? Uh, are they just sampling stuff and remixing? Who cares? It's got a great beat. People like to dance to it. People like to work out to it. I'm not going to be hoity-toity about it. <laughs> then again, my favorite musician is Mark Knopfler, for, uh, for my money, one of the top five guitarists of all time and top five uh, songwriters of all time. But, you know, I'm not going to be here and be an okay boomer. Uh, today on the program, Steve, I'm going to hope I get this right in, from when, when I'm in Italy. Italy. Martocci or Martosi? If you're in Italy, you should probably be saying Martocci, but my family here in the U.S. says Martosi. Martosi, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, now, you're the CEO and co-founder of Splice, which you started back in 2013. Yep. You also started two other companies. I remember GroupMe. Mm-hmm. Or was it GroupMe or Message? No, it was GroupMe. No, yeah, GroupMe. Yeah. Group me, uh, which broke out at I think South by Southwest, or at least that's where I yep. became aware of it. You sold that to Skype. Mm -hmm. uh, arguably you sold early. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> that. Uh yep. but no regrets. You, you got a nice win yep. out of it. Then I think you did Blade, the helicopter company. Am I right Co about that? Co-founded Blade as well, yes. Co-founded Blade, that the Uber of helicopters, which I think <laughs> is still operating and doing quite well. Doing great. Uh and you started Splice, which if you haven't seen it, you're not in the music. Uh, business you just go to splice.com it costs 10 bucks a month i think and you get mm -hmm. uh and there's i believe i'm going to say there's hundreds of thousands of people paying for this already it might have yeah. even broken a million uh but people don't know this and uh steve you'll correct me if i'm wrong in terms of people making music today we are aware of you know thousands of artists on spotify right but correct me if i'm wrong that there are millions if not tens of millions of people on a global basis making music as a hobby and a passion and some number of them are using splice correct welcome to the program yeah 100 thank you thanks for having <laughs> me this is uh this is super fun and taking a time uh, after the pool until you uh go back mm -hmm. to the fun so uh yeah look i think that music creation i mean if you think about it you know we like to say a third of the world tries to make music at some point like think about playing recorder in elementary school and public school and the people who have banged on a drum and it's just been this hard, you know, there's a hard learning curve and a lot of people mm. drop off and I'm like, oh, I'm not musical. Uh, mm. But software can change that, right? You might not have as much rhythm or the dexterity or have to, you know, play guitar the first time and get the fingering right on the chords. But like software has a chance to keep you engaged longer. And yeah, and there are tens of millions of people creating now. Uh, and I think, you know, with things like GarageBand everywhere and all the mobile apps, you could see that being a nine-figure number. And you have hundreds of thousands of yeah, hundreds paid of thousands subscribers? Hundreds of thousands of subscribers, millions of registered users. Wow. Um, and yeah, and people like are lifelong musicians. Like it's, uh, the retention's really great. We want it to be a pretty sad day when, uh, when you cancel your Splice account. It's like selling the drum set or the guitar in, uh, you know, in your garage. <laughs> so... Pretty simple pricing. You pay 10 bucks a yep. month, you get 100 monthly sound credits. Mm -hmm. If you're a creator or a creator plus, you pay 20 or 30, you get 200 yep. or 500 sound credits. And for people to think about this, it's essentially like the stock photography business. So when I was in the magazine business, yep. you would subscribe to a stock photography, you either pay 50 bucks a photo, or you might pay 5000 a year for 300 photos, you could use them in your magazine. Everybody yep. knows stock photography. Yep. This is a stock library of music and also i think you kind of have sound effects and sound there so if i wanted a game show theme or yep. somebody knocking on a door i could get that too right yeah for sure i mean i think uh you know the core thing we're known for is the library samples and loops there's over 
2 million samples in the library growing every day. Every day there's new content released spanning from, you know, the, the drum beats and hits and one shots, loops, vocal lines, and then, yeah, like sword fights and things like that. So that's great for podcasting and video and all that. Everything's available royalty free. So no attribution, no royalty paid out. You just have your subscription, you do your download and you can use it in your music, uh, completely royalty free. Um, and then, you know, with those two other plans, the kind of creator and creator plus plan you were mentioning, that's where we've gotten into a lot more than just the sounds, uh, mm. music education. Cause again, so many people, you know, fail or get stuck in different spots and then our own first party creator tools. Um, so just trying to make the creative process better all the time. Uh, and you know, so that more people don't give up on themselves. We say our biggest competition is people give it up on themselves. So we've, we've rounded out the platform and continue to round it out with everything, uh, you know, you kind of need to stay inspired and create. How much time and money do you spend integrating a bunch of different software products together at your company? Let me guess, way too much time. Well, Odoo is here to help. Odoo is a suite of business apps that runs your entire company on one platform. They'll streamline your workflow by bringing all of that information together. Plus, Odoo's integrations eliminate repetitive tasks and data entry. If you only need two or three apps to optimize your workflow, that's all you pay for. Odoo won't stick you with the bill for apps you don't use. Odoo has an app for every business need. They offer 30 main apps that are updated regularly and over 16,000 apps from their active open source community. You can keep your books tight with their financial software and their sales and CRM apps will help provide a clear and organized view of your business. So here is your call to action. Your first app is free forever. And right now Odoo is offering a one thousand dollar credit on your first implementation pack that's not a joke that's a thousand dollars just go to odoo.com slash twist to check it out that's odoo.com slash t-w-i-s-t okay so most importantly for the audience who doesn't know what royalty free means yeah let's explain what yeah. happens when you know in the 90s a rapper uh, or uh, a band would make a remix and take somebody else's sample, even if it was just a beat or yeah. a sample of a second, what would happen if they didn't clear that license? And then what does royalty-free mean? Explain the legal framework here. For sure. Why I mean, that's look, so important. Music rights, uh, it's a very complicated world. And you know, there's two sides of things. There's the master recording, which is the actual recording of something. Um, and then there's the composition underneath it. Like, did someone write a melody or, or a vocal line? And when you sample directly from another track, you're really violating both of those in, mm. in most cases, right? The actual recording, and if it's long enough, the composition of what's happened. And so, you know, it became such a part of culture because, you know, people were doing it. It inspired so much creativity. But you'd get releases where all of a sudden the original rights holder is like, wait a second, that's my song. And you watch, you know, these claims get made and, and royalties being taken. And uh, you can clear things. You can go to the rights holders and say, I want to use this in my track, and they can sign off on it. Um, and you will give them a split of the song or a buyout fee, something along those lines. Um, but it's comp that takes forever, tracking down the rights holders, finding that process just stifles creativity. Um, and so what we wanted to do is create a very clean abstraction where you don't have to worry about any of that. You, you go in, you find the sound, you get inspired, and you start writing. And, uh, and you don't have to worry about the clearance. It's there. We protect you. And, uh, you know, we, we really do uh, want to make it so that 
when you're in that creative flow, um, you know, you, you don't have to have those those thoughts going through your head about whether or not this is going to be legal. So if I were to sing the word gelato right now and go gelato, <laughs> and then somebody makes that into a song, which I think right. I just invited yeah. Young Spielberg <laughs> to make a gelato, I mean, a lot of gelato, uh, that I own that piece of intellectual property. If somebody were to put that in a song, I could then sue them and make them either take it out of the song and yeah. get damages for it. And so if I wanted to take other people's stuff, what you're saying is, how do I sit there and jam and make a creative song if I have to go every time I want to add some beat, ask somebody for clearance? How and if I take royalty free, I have to pay nothing forever for the life of it. You have Correct. bought that sample from somebody or made yep. it yourselves. We'll find out yep. about that in a second. Yep. But you buy that from somebody, they sign an agreement that says, I no longer own this. Slice owns it. And I'm sorry, Splice owns it. And um, anybody who Splice sells it to down the road gets it for free forever. When I sign up for my $10 a month, I know that everything on the platform I never pay for again. And if I were to take, if I sold that gelato, beautiful melody I just sang to Splice and somebody made a song that became yep. Baby Shark or whatever and made a yep. billion dollars off of it or a hundred million dollars off of it, I would see $0.0. Am I correct? Uh, you wouldn't see 0, 0.0, so th close, right? There's okay. nuance to like what you're allowed to do with things. You can't redistribute the sample on its own as like another piece of a sample okay, library. I can't There's, resell it. Yeah. Right. And, and technically like, you know, they own it, but it's, a, they are licensing it to us in this way. They get paid for, you know, a lot of our deals, the majority of our deals in, in Splice get a, a pro rata share of the downloads. So you get something every time someone downloads it, you just Got don't it. get something in the track. So on the recording side, and wow. look, I mean, I think that that's uh, our artists know that going in. That's not a surprise. That's not a secret. But they're able to get you know relatively large uh, payouts from the hundreds of thousands of people downloading their sounds, and that's a great income stream for them. They don't have to worry about like maybe someone will have a hit. Uh, you know, they just get paid on the download, and uh, you know, it's been really great to take and and, and build careers. Um, you know, off this like interesting abstraction in the space in this royalty-free music so just to make up a story here i'm a young mark knopfler i play guitar particularly well i haven't written sultans of swing yet and i'm just doing little guitar riffs or even playing yeah. chords i put mm -hmm. my collection a finger-picked you yep. know stratocaster amazing harmonic music and i put those that mark knopfler-esque yep. sample up there people start downloading it it becomes popular in one song other people start saying, hey, where'd you get that from? I found it on Splice. Yep. Now, everybody starts downloading it. You've got hundreds of thousands of members paying tens of dollars a month, which is hundreds of dollars a year. You're making tens of millions of dollars. You take the million samples or 100 million samples that get downloaded this month, and everybody gets a penny per download, 10 cents per download, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more than streaming royalties, I'll tell you that. And, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't have the same scale, but it, it, what's cool is it proportionally grows with how much, you know, we kind of bring in. And um, what's good, too, is a lot of this stuff is evergreen, so it sticks around and people come in. It doesn't necessarily need to be a hit. So, like, new people join the platform, they come back and they find that amazing, you know, guitar sample. And you can release more content all the time because these are, you know, very, they're smaller snippets, right? Some of these artists can create this, like, just in a day in their flow. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a unique, I think it's like people are finding a really nice balance of sound design and sample creation as a new incremental form of their artistry and career. Got it. 
you know? So like what you can be working on full length tracks and yeah. then do these smaller tracks as well. So if, and, and what are the top 10% of people who are putting up samples there? Are they putting up dozens of samples, hundreds of samples, thousands yeah. of samples? Your, your top 20% yeah. of uh, creators, how yeah, many pack, samples do they have up there? Packs are somewhere between 100 and 500 sounds and those Got can it. range. The difference between 100 and 500 is like how long they are because some of ah. them are just, you know, one shot like drum hits and stuff, yeah. right? So you want a lot of those. And then with the loops uh, that have, you know, more uh, uh, melodic or longer form content, you can do less of those and they get very popular. So what would somebody in the top 25% of creators be able to make per month slash year off of their, you know, modest collection of sounds? You know, it's it's really, it, the, the dollar amount is very interesting because this is a unique revenue stream for them. One, yeah. it's usually all incremental. Two, it's not really stepped on the way musicians are used to with like, mm -hmm. oh, there's a label in between and then there's a this in yeah. between processing and then, or I'm touring and I have, you know, all the crew and all the travel expenses. So, yep. you know, some people make a couple thousand dollars a month off their tracks. Some people have made hundreds of thousands of dollars off their works. And what I love is just how happy they are for this revenue because it is so incremental. We pay on studio, time. Yeah, they could be a studio yeah. musician and make their rent or mortgage every month. For sure. And when you're a studio musician and you play on a track, you just do a work for hire, maybe you get some residuals, but probably it you don't. It depends, yeah. Session musicians, deals in session musician land are all over the place. And like, yeah. you know, to have, I do, my, some of my favorite text messages are when a musician friend just is like, man, I just got my splice check and I'm just like so thankful for it. It's um, amazing. Yeah. What, is the, what is the split between creators and splice? It really depends, right? So all the deals are are pretty custom. Sometimes there's a buyout. Sometimes we really encourage everybody to continue to have a royalty just because we want them to uh, to see growth if they do very well on the platform. Um, and like, but I think once it's that a you constant, said that the, you take yeah. a certain percentage of revenue and split it between everybody, is it 50, yeah, yeah, yeah. 50, 70, 30? So, yeah, it depends. Every deal is different. There's no like. Oh, you do it on rate. a deal by deal basis. Yeah, yeah, because it's it. like how much content is coming in. What's unique about the artist? Sometimes mm -hmm. they draw more people to the platform. Some, we Got have it. a big in-house team as well. So I think we're constantly, I think one of the things, if you ever look at us in the news, I very rarely like to talk about any kind of splice metrics or numbers other than oh. artists, artists paid. No, yeah. I just like to talk about artists paid, right? You know, yeah. like we announced 40 million paid out to artists and like, oh, and we raised $55 million of Oh, you raised, capital. You, you've paid out to date 40 million, you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow, over that amazing. now, but that was the last announcement we made. Yeah. Got it. So, so every, that means this last year has been great. So if in the last yeah. year you're doing 10 million a year or something to artists? Uh, more than that. Yeah. More, more than, than that. that. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, so you know that 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 is the stat I'm proud of, and I think that as we continue to scale, I mean, I listened to uh, your NFT episode, and I, I heard you talking about you know how cool it would be if with music rights, it wasn't just a consumption thing, but it was more of a you know how to use this, and and it looked like the music industry. I think what what's really cool where we are is we have kind of you know created this royalty free opportunity, mm. which is you know it's used in half a top forty music at any given time. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and then now kind of continuing to understand the artists and their needs, where does scarcity, where does uniqueness, where does maybe royalty bearing all these different opportunities to kind of build off of where we are and keep paying out artists. So, um, you know, I think there's a nice long road ahead of us on, uh, on how we can continue to evolve the content side of the business. And if, can anybody start putting samples and on there? Or you have I to be wish. approved. I wish, you know, like the, the goal, 
you know, we talk about wanting to build an open ecosystem, but originality is so important on the platform. And like, look, I can't have people running into copyright issues because they pulled something and, and quality issues. I mean, one of the things I think that's we're most known for is these samples can be pretty much dropped right into your track. And that's a rare site. So I, I think as technology evolves and as our community and, and we want to lower the bar so more people can participate. Um, but right now we really think that quality and, um, you know, originality are, are higher concerns than the openness right now. Let me just say up front, go to linkedin.com slash unicorn and post your job for free. That's it. I'm giving the call to action up front. LinkedIn.com slash unicorn, get your first job for free. And here's why you should do that. It's because many small business owners are super busy today. We all know that. You're searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for a job opening would be better spent growing your business. We all know this. And you get so many people applying who are not qualified. It's hard. Well, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to get the right candidates who are worth your time interviewing. And it's fast and it's free. You can create a free job posting in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs and you'll reach the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. You know this because you're on LinkedIn every week, you're probably using it multiple times a day if you're like me. And you can focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. And those screening questions are great for filtering out people who are serious or not. Then you use simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you would like to interview and eventually hire. We love LinkedIn jobs here at launch. And in 2021, we've hired a third producer, a curriculum designer and a couple of researchers. I mean, we're crushing it. Once again, LinkedIn jobs will help you find the right candidate worth interviewing faster every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash unicorn linkedin.com slash unicorn to post your first job for free terms and conditions apply because they're giving you a free job listing. Okay, what I was going to ask next is does this not become a race to the bottom where you know, I am a great drummer. I mm -hmm. played in Billy Joel's band. I put up some stuff you recognize me as that famous drummer. I forgot his name from Billy Joel's band. Um, and he puts up a bunch of interesting sounds. And then somebody who's a super competent musician, uh, you know, from, I don't know, uh, Manila, New Jersey, yeah. yep. San Paulo, listens to it, mimics it. It's not, you can't copyright a beat. You can't copyright somebody just hitting the drums. So they make something similar in a pack and there's no recourse there. So couldn't somebody just you know, make their own monarch Mark Knopfler. We have a you real, know. you know, we have, we have a content team. We do review yeah. content on the way in. Um, Liberty DeVito. That's the guy's name. Nice. Remember him? Liberty <laughs> DeVito. That's the I, guy's uh, name. You know, I should give him more credit because Billy Joel is awesome. Uh, no, no. Like, I mean, in terms of Billy Joel, like people forget this, the drums in the Billy Joel songs. Remember mm -hmm. Allentown? Whatever. You guys get it. I have he was not, just I have not spectacular yet. at drums. And he wasn't a member of Billy Joel's band. So he just, I think there was like this uh, movie, the documentary, I haven't seen it yet, about how Billy Joel's band um, was really resentful because Billy Joel just swept all the money, ah, yeah. swept all the credit, and the yeah. band didn't get anything out of it. It was really normal. And by the way, I mean, it really is hey, unfair to the I music business, him, right? Right. If I, that's one thing I think we're really, we really want to be doing here. We're empowering artists earlier in their career before they've necessarily signed a publishing deal or broken to be able to create small form content on splice. Hopefully, like you said, pay that mortgage, pay that rent with, you know, these little snippets of sound. And then when they go in to get a deal, 
they don't have to sign like the first thing that comes over them because they need to eat. You know, mm. like I really kind of want to smooth those power dynamics out a bit. Ah. And and I think that's a long-term play for us is continuing to, you know, we think about two sides of the artist's journey. First, we think about making music, like make it. How do you make music? Yeah. And then how do you make it in music, right? Yes. Because, and that gets, at some point, it transitions from, am I inspired to try to create? Can I make something I like? Can I make something others like, get feedback on it? Can I make a dollar? Can I make a career? Can I be a superstar? We right. have to help people along that curve once it gets to that dollar right. or they're going to have to go get a job, you right. know? So our goal is to raise that curve, make you a lifelong musician. And those power dynamics for those kinds of, you know, session musicians that are incredibly talented, we think we can raise the curve there uh, for them by giving well, these, them these in a way, it's what's happened with podcasting and YouTubers as well. And so yep. I had been offered to be a CNBC contributor or other networks as well. And they wanted to pay me, et cetera. Other people wanted me to do reality TV shows. And, you know, I did these negotiations and I was like, they're like, yeah, well, you know, for a network TV show I was going to do with NBC that I did a pilot for, they were like $30,000 an episode. And I was like, my podcast makes 15000 an episode. <laughs> so I'm going to be on network TV and you're going to pay right. me thirty. The show is going to make $5 million an episode and cost $2 million to produce. And my podcast, I make $30,000 a week on. Are you kidding me? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the YouTubers, you know, like they, they get cast in some TV show and they get offered 5,000 or 10,000 an episode. And they're like, right. my YouTube channel, you know, makes a hundred thousand a month. I'm making a million dollars a year. Why would I do that? Like you can't get those people. And, and I, I think it's really interesting. You're talking about the dynamic. It does yeah. create that floor. It does create that stability for them. But I interrupted you on the race to the bottom. You said you have a content yeah. team that I think is, I'm assuming, listening to that drummer from New Jersey who listens to Liberty DeVito, copies it, and then tries to, you know, draft off his pack, which we see in graphic design and stock photography as well. Yeah. Some great photographer, you know, or some great designer makes a beautiful logo, and then all these people steal it and adapt, I'll just say charitably adapt it, but let, we all know what's going on. They're basically mimicking it, uh, is a charitable way of saying it, and stealing it would be the uncharitable way of saying it. <laughs> Your group is looking for that, right? Yeah, we're trying, right? Like, I, I wouldn't call it like a full, I, I think we do a really, really great job. I think people are proud of our library. Uh, I think we continue to get stricter and stricter about, you know, it's kind of like an app store process in a will, in a way, like, and it's not uh, yes. perfect, but it's like, we want things to be, we don't want people wasting their time on Splice. Like, right. I really care that every minute you're spending with us is ex the fastest you can get to getting that sound in your head or that creative thought out into the world, right? I want to keep, we say we're looking, our, the vision statement for the company is uh, a world of more transcendent musical highs. And there's two sides of that. There's the fans getting their music that they're deeply connected to, you know, so spiritually like, wow, in their best moments and worst moments. But it's really on the creator side about keeping them in their bliss while they're creating. And, you know, when you're in your flow state, you know, flow state, like when you're in yeah. there, it's the best feeling in the world, right? Yeah. And technology and like, not like not having an idea for a sound and not being able to get to it. These things can break you at like music is complicated, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like it is, it is a hard audio is a way harder space than anyone realizes. And, um, and so if we can keep them in their bliss, uh, you know, that's the moment. So I don't want them wasting a single moment on a bad sound. Or so when you have somebody just complain heard. like, hey, somebody's knocking my stuff off, what do you do? You, you, you're kind of insinuated, like the app store has to deal with this. Somebody makes Angry yeah. Birds, somebody makes like perturbed, you know, pigs. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, we get it. You know, you're trying to steal the idea. But 
Yeah, Mark Pincus got in a lot of trouble with Zynga. He was making yeah. like a mafia game or some other tower defense game. And I came to his defense on this a little bit, which is like there are some genres, you know, somebody makes right. good fellas. Right. Somebody should still be able to make, you know, Scorsese should make good fellas after The Godfather and Sopranos can come after that. But it is a real judgment call. So you've had to make these judgment well, calls. How do you make them? I'm just Yeah, curious. look, I mean I am floored by our content. Like there are humans on this planet with ears that just blow my mind. Like they can listen to any song and be like, I know where that came from, that came from, that came from. And you know, what we generally try to do is not shut the artist down. If something comes up and just say, Hey, we don't think this is original enough. Can you, can you do something else? Right. And they're like, cool, I can do something else. So -hmm. it's more of a collaboration, I would say of caring about, you know, what's good for our users and what we think we'll do better on the platform, right. um, you know, by working with, and we can't, I don't, we don't do that with everyone, but with the, especially our in-house stuff with, um, you know, a lot of the higher profile artist work that we do, um, we really want to make it so that they're, they're showcasing their best talents uh, for our library. How many in-house artists do you have just making samples? That would be oh, like the man. equivalent of a stock photography company. And I think some of them do this. Yeah. Hiring photographers to work with them full-time, giving them benefits, which is, crazy in the photography industry doesn't really exist anymore and then just saying like go take pictures of san francisco we get requests for the golden gate bridge all the time we need more golden gate bridge so you have a lot of people doing that and at least 35 at least 35 people making content um and uh and then more supporting the other content creators uh you know like really now we're we get to do some fun stuff i mean people's jobs are like you know go capture the sounds of the world you know like crazy get like a subway train yeah, we have glaciers, like the sounds of like what it's like walking a glacier and uh, and whale sounds and like things like that. And then and then also we're going into, you know, all these different uh, countries. We went, we went over to Senegal and did a whole set of series of packs with local producers there. And we used the proceeds to build a school. Like it's a real great way to figure out how to bring the sounds of the world to the world appropriately. Yeah. And uh, and leave the place better, uh, you know, than we found it uh, by by building a, a healthy relationship around the world. Uh, certainly, some of these musicians would say, I, I would think some high end musicians would say, I don't want to give my music away royalty free. Totally. I'm established, etc. Yeah. How do you convince people who are on the bubble of that? Like now, if you're a Liberty DeVito, you might be like, eh, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, I guess there's an argument if you were high profile that this could be even perceived as marketing. It is. I, and I'm so taking a guess at that. I, is that true? Yeah. Do people look, look at it and go, I, you know what, I'm is... Slash, I want to be on Splice, and I want to have a bunch of Slash sa- sounds because it's marketing for me. And if people put Slash sounds in their songs, yeah. even if I don't get paid, it builds my profile. Exactly. So, like, you know, I, I won't forget the beginning of the journey when I would show people the splice and they would be like, there's no way I'm giving you my secret sauce. Like, this is how I yes. make it, right? Mm. But then they would see the other artists on the platform mm. and they would see like, oh, wow, you know, I remember when someone saw Just Blaze was on the platform and that was like, oh, if he's on there, maybe I should be on there. And it flipped from like people holding back their secret sauce to that, to being a badge of honor, to mm. being on the platform. Right. And to inspiring and you'd be it'd be amazing because you could be a, a leader of a genre. And now all of a sudden, like your genre has blown up because you've provided sounds to help other people create it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really that flip was really interesting to watch, which was that transition from the no way am I giving my secret sauce to, you know, that becoming part of the career development process. So 
raising money for this kind of thing is pretty hard <laughs> as an entrepreneur. How because how I, I mean, people come to me with a music startup. I'm like, oh, great. Got anything in healthcare? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're going to fail. <laughs> this is a disaster. Like healthcare with the incumbents, the music industry, with the incumbents. I'm curious how two groups of people looked at you because you have been successful at raising money eventually. But I'm guessing it was harder in the beginning before you figured this out. But I, that's just a guess. And so, then I'm curious what the music industry thinks of you because they are persnickety and weird yep. and they can be at their, you know, at their worst cutthroat and, you know, uh, unethical. Yeah. So look, this is the ultimate question, right? Splice was at the top of my do not do this list. Do not as fly. A company. <laughs> do not do like you're passionate about this, but don't do this. It's going to be a terrible idea. And I had, a, I had an artist friend who got into programming after GroupMe was successful. And he said to me, because we started with collaboration software, and he said to me, where's GitHub for music? And it took my do not do this list, and it just took it over the line. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to go down this crazy ass path. And, uh, you know, luckily, coming off GroupMe's success, Andy Weissman from Union Square Ventures, um, who was my first investor uh, of GroupMe at Betaworks, um, and then Adam Dugelli from True Ventures, who had, a, you know, run a music label for a while, small kind of indie label. They were in, but I will tell you, almost everyone else who were my initial investors, at least the, the more institutional ones, were like anything but music. Mm. Like, please, Steve, any, you can do anything, but don't do a music company. And look, the fact that I'm on this show, uh, on a path that, you know, to try to get to a hundred million ARR here is like, is a, it feels like you're building a, you, it's the effort probably required to be, get to a deck of corn. To yeah, exactly. To, you know? So what about the, what about the music industry? In a way I'm thinking yeah. the music industry likes you because you I get rid of do. their biggest headache, which is somebody makes an album and then their legal department has to clean up the mess. I think that's right. You know, I think in a moment, like that's my thing in this space is not to be coming in and be like, I'm Mr. Disruptor. Technology is going to change everything. I'm not going to need your old. I actually like have worked really hard to build bridges with both the, you know, music industry, uh, the music instrument side of the businesses. I haven't been like, you know, you know, fuck you guys where tech is coming in and cloud and AI is going to change everything. It's really been a attempt to build a harmonious relationship by just doing things better and understanding everybody's needs and desires. Like we don't take away from any of the revenue that the labels and publishers, we, like we're, we're only incremental if we work with their artists, we help them write music faster. Um, so like, you know, in general, I think that's what's been cool about building a brand like this. It's a pretty loved brand. And I, I, I take a lot of pride in that and being able to navigate a really, um, really muddy territory, as you know, in this in normally cutthroat space. Every startup needs business insurance and you should look no further than Embroker. If you don't have insurance, you fail one of the first steps. Embroker technology saves you time and money. Prices are up to 20% lower with better coverage than the incumbents. You can go from sign up to quote and purchase in just 10 minutes. When you work with Embroker instead of business insurance incumbents, you're not dealing with large, slow corporations. Plus, the sign-up takes days, not weeks, and the process is transparent with no opaque pricing. Here are four crucial types of startup insurance that they cover. And you're going to need all four of these in all likelihood. Cyber insurance, in case you get hacked. DNO insurance, so you're, if your directors and officers do something dumb and you get sued, you're covered. 
You have E&O insurance, which covers errors and omissions. That's what the E and the O stands for. And it helps you scale because many major customers will ask to see your E&O insurance in order to close a deal. And of course, EPL, Employment Practices Liability. This covers harassment, wrongful termination, and more. To instantly buy custom-built insurance for startups, go to imbroker.com slash twist. That's E-M-B-R-O-K-E-R.com slash twist. And while you're there, get an extra 10% off using the offer code twist. You guessed it. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. Speaking of AI, uh, GPT-3, which for people who don't know is a a project by uh, OpenAI, an AI nonprofit uh, that is very well funded, that allows you to take a corpus of text you know, everything Hemingway ever wrote, and then you could create an AI where you talk to he- to a Hemingway bot and it talks like Hemingway, or mm-hmm. somebody did it with the besties on All In, and it, you can have a conversation between Sachs and Chamath and me and Friedberg, and it tries to mimic our voices based on that. I'm wondering um, if you think an AI or ML for music where you and I could just say, gelato, gelato, Put in mm-hmm. a beat like this, make it sound like Biggie Smalls, make it sound like Biggie mm-hmm. Smalls collaborating with Tupac, and, you know, boom, you all of a sudden have the beats emerge, and then it samples stuff and says, "Is does this sound good? And you basically yeah. have an AI making music. Mm-hmm. Do, are you doing any AI or ML? Can yeah. I hum into Splice at this point? Or I don't know if you have an app like Shazam did. Can I hum into it and have it say, try these samples? Or can I describe what I want and have it, you know, I say, hey, listen, I want to have like a drum that sounds like Neil Peart from Rush, Mm -hmm. rest in peace. And, uh, you know, but I want to have it with a little bit of, you know, whatever, you know. uh, I got got answers for you. So, uh, you know, all the progress on the AI front is just incredible. Um, I think it's going to be a revolutionary space. And the key here is figuring out how to engage with the human side of it to build, to pushing the art forward, not just replacing musicians. And the, like, I think that so much of music, the narrative of the artist behind it and the story and community they build. Sure. And like, that's an important part, right? So what we've been focusing on is more of the AI assisted creation. So really helping in the music process. So the first thing we release is a, a feature called similar sounds, which is basically you find a sound you like on splice, but it's not quite right. And there's a way to like kind of turn the fine tune knob and it gets you all the either, um, you know, the uh, timber is similar or the harmonics are similar. And like some like what you were saying, like I have this sound, it's not quite right, but I know I'm close. That same ethos I was saying around not wasting your time. You can press down several hundred times and find it. Or you can press this button and you'll find it in two two presses of down. Ah, so it's like the Amazon. If you like this, yeah, you might like this, yeah, bought yeah, that, yeah. you know, yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. But uh, but on the music, but on very much on the you know ML trained on the audio signal itself, which is very Got cool. It. The next so, one that yeah, go ahead. But if you do that, that means I might download your sample of this drum beat, and then I might also download somebody else's two or three, so it increases consumption, right? Yeah, but consumption goes up. Listening mm-hmm. to it doesn't cost me money, no, no. but downloading it does. Correct, correct. Does that mean people could just rip it by listening to it? I mean, it's like a user experience thing, right? Yeah. It's like similar to the you know, Spotify world and stuff like that. You, we, the, the ones you listen to on the site are a lower quality. You want the higher wow. quality ones that you download and you pay a credit for. Um, so, and like, honestly, the workflow is just like, yes, you could rip it and put it through the thing, but like dragging it right into your DAW or having it be right into your, your music software, it's just, it's just a better experience. And so it's really we try not to play the cat and yeah. mouse game of piracy that much in the space. 
What's really interesting about fair pricing is, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but the radio stations used to have, they couldn't play a whole album, but they would play the side of an album. Huh. So when in the 80s, we used to know that like K-Rock would play half of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon or you know whatever on this time or whatever, and we would get our cassette tapes out because yeah, we couldn't afford that. it. We'd have yeah. 90, you know, $1 blank tapes and we record half of it and then we could record over it. And we're like, people are stupid buying things. We could get it for free. And it was like, <laughs> we were listening to Dark Side of the Moon on a, like a, you know, a TDK tape that was yeah, like taped over like 20 times. Third times-ish. generation tape. Yeah, yeah totally. so it did not sound very good. Yeah. Uh, but you were going to say there's another piece to either piracy or ML. Well, so, yeah, some of the AI. So I think what, yeah, so. You know, some of the stuff you'll see from us next is really assisting in the songwriting process. In a way that I'm, I, I saw some tech recently. I'm just floored, and the the way that we can use uh, AI ML to accelerate the songwriting process is so I floored you about it. Give me an example. Uh, you know, like it, just the way that we can find compatible sounds from our library to kind of huh. build out a track for someone is wild. And uh, I think we're going to be sitting on a revolution of the songwriting process in the next uh, few months here. That that is uh that is exciting so well it's kind of like every you know howard stern uh is a great interviewer especially of musicians i think his his i don't have you ever heard howard interview musicians before yeah and he always talks about the songwriting process just had elton john on it was particularly great did you hear the two-part elton john one that was like three hours oh my lord stop after this podcast just type in elton john i mean he literally gets into it and he also had paul mccartney on twice and he talked to them about the songwriting process, like we're talking about here. And it's always the same. Do you start with the lyrics? Do you start mm. with the guitar riff? And everybody has a different process. Yeah, totally. And I think for Elton John, it was always they would have the music, and then he would just, the lyrics would come out of him. Mm-hmm. And then for McCartney, um, he would have some lyric, and then he would go to John and George and Ringo, and he'd say, you know, well, she's got a ticket to ride. <laughs> and then they would like all of a sudden yep. add the music to it. And you go back and forth like that. And the best I heard was my guy, Mark Knopfler, you know, just talking about how he plays around with riffs on the guitars. Yeah. And he, you know, over the famous, I want my MTV and that little monologue, like, look at those yo-yos. That's the way yeah. you do it. Play a guitar on the MTV. He overheard that conversation in New York at an appliance store. That's These appliance awesome. guys were moving washers and dryers and they were looking at the TVs at MTV and laughing at these like idiots dressed in, you know, guys dressed in spandex. Like, look at those guys. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on your MTV. <laughs> and he literally was like, oh my God, he took out his pen and he wrote the lyrics down. I love that. And it was like, so now you think about AI doing that. And it's like, okay, well, I have a guitar riff I like. What now? And it could actually be like, well, this would sound good with this drum beat. And then it's like, how do you know it sounds good? It's like, well, if people told you it sound good, then the AI figures it out. However, you know. Well, I think the key too is just like having the AI try, and then the person being like, "Does that sound good or not?" Right? Yeah, like, exactly. and then quickly switching to the next one until yeah. you like, oh, until you really feel it, right? And like, I think that what's interesting, you know, the way you're even talking about it is the songwriting process. Some people are good at one part of it. Some people are good at writing a melody. Some people are good at writing a beat. And like, yep. if software can help them move quicker to round out the whole mm-hmm. thing, then like they can get further and not be blocked. Uh, or, you know, Beatles are just such incredible songwriters that you had access to the clap. When you get stuck, you're like, you know, 
hey, John, <laughs> what do you think of this? Uh, and not everybody's got that. And if the machine can at least help you unlock that in yourself and give you, you know, it's almost like a little jazz like you lay something down and then it's giving you what it thinks is right to kind of play off you. Uh, you know, how do you build a relationship with that that just lets you take music further? All right. So I know that like these splice samples have been used in Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, BTS, yeah. The Weeknd, all these like famous people have used it. Have you been able to go to a Justin Timberlake mm -hmm. or a Justin Bieber and say, hey, we want you to make a library and then make mm -hmm. that freemium to be licensed into songs and instead of it being royalty free, build a royalty level on top of it or premium packs. You know, you play a video game like Fortnite, you get a certain number of weapons or whatever yep. or skins for free, but then there's this like premium and that could be not royalty free. So you could have Splice yeah. and then you could have Splice with royalties. And you could maybe draw in the people who are even, you know, maybe don't want to be royalty free. They might let you use it for creative yeah. commons. Yeah. And then if you do commercial, then you pay me. Yeah. So this space has been, you know, on the radar for years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the one side of me that is truly the tech side of me is like really going and securing music rights is like the most like on me thing there is because that's like. Lots of permissions, lots of red table. I like to build products kind of for the mm -hmm. world. And so we've, that, we, that are in our control, right? So we started with what we've done. I think we've taken it very far. I think we're very open to exploring uh, that kind of work. We've created some content for it. We've done some, a little bit of licensing and experimenting in it. We see there's a great opportunity in it. We just have to get it. We have to get it right to go in there. And like, you know, even Apple, they just did, um, you know, um, I think Lady Gaga and Dua Lipa samples for GarageBand, but those are only for personal use. They are not for commercial at all. They're just, they're in there to kind of play and get a feel of the creator tools. That's how hard it is. Like it's not, Apple's not even getting that from them. Wow. So we do want to get it right. We want it to be, we think we love the original content. We think there's so much fresh content to create that, you know, getting blocked on licensing existing content is, is a long road. It's a hard road. It's uh, but we're, we are very open to it. We're very open to exploring it. If we can bring the right user experience to make that truly seamless and really make sense to our users and, um, and, you know, interact with the rest of the industry the right way. Curious what you think of freesound.org. I know when I was doing my research, I, mm. it came up, they've got 500,000 samples now. So whatever you have three or 4 million yep. and they've been, I think you have three or 4 million. They've been sort of collecting free sounds as creative commons. Um, wh what do you think of those kind of, projects okay. and are, are they uh getting steam are they competitors collaborators yeah. what do you, no do you think i think that i think that there's you know free sound is a great thing to exist in the world more sounds if that's where people want to grab them from i just like don't know how they handle originality and you know the way that we um and the quality level that i know we have on yeah. the platform like it's just yeah. a question of where you want to spend your time you can go browse around the free sound library or you can pay 10 bucks a month and have access to what i know is incredibly high quality and incredibly uh, but like, look, I'm in, I'm in the land in this music innovation stuff where I welcome every, like, I say my biggest competition is people giving up on themselves because there's so many people who want to create. It's like this inert human desire to be creative and all these kids want to be, you know, standout content creators now. So like, I'm not worried about anyone else in my space. I'm worried about, can I keep people engaged? Can I keep you a lifelong musician? Can I deliver you great value and product? And the more, I think what's nice about us is we've actually helped some of these other companies been able to raise money uh, and just like even to get a shot at a seed stage 
because the music is too small of a market thing, uh, you know, we, we've kind of like started to show that, that maybe it's bigger. And the creator economy and all the COVID, I mean, we had a billion samples listened to during those first two months of, uh, of lockdown last mm. year. You know, there's a 400 million samples being listened to uh, a month on the platform. And so, like, there are people, people want to create. And, um, and so, I'm, you know, I just think there's such a big market opportunity here. People are finally waking up to it. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm welcoming all of the angles trying to make creativity flow in the world. So, Apple has started to dip their toe in here. They mm -hmm. just announced last week that they have sound packs from Dua Lipa yeah. and Lady Gaga and some great producers in GarageBand. They're building yep. it in. Yep. Seemingly competitive, but I don't. I couldn't figure out when I read that release um, if it was just like educational, inspirational. But you, yeah. I don't know if it's royalty free or not. So is Apple just straight up copying your business model? And are they going to no, be your I mean, biggest competitor? I look, I, I, I have welcomed Apple as a competitor and. You know the group me world. I've like you know if Apple's yeah. not going to be your competitor. But, but like, is this? Do you look at that no, thing they is, announced last week? Educational or is no, it educational? It's educational. It's like if you, is that's it royalty what I was saying, free though? No, they, but what I, was, what I was saying before yeah. is they don't give you a commercial license to do anything with it. Oh, okay. It's really so it's for completely play. different. It's really for, yeah. It's really for play and learning the software, which is good for me because the more people who yeah. learn how to use the stuff and then want to go on to make you know, actual tracks, they're going to come in my direction. It's a sandbox, basically. It's a sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great. It. I mean, like they've got that device on everyone's phone. Like if they can How get people How many times inspired. have they offered to buy you? My God, Apple w must want your product. I mean, if you were part of GarageBand, that would just be killer for them. Yeah. Put in the, put in the good word. No. We were, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I like, look, I, I, the one thing that's like serious about this journey that's been, you know, whenever an acquisition offer or anything like that has come up over the years, it's like, to be able to do something so independent that we are doing so well for musicians, this is a unique spot. The fact that it's not like directly Facebook competing with, competing with me or all this, that I'm in this kind of unique lane that no one yeah. understands. I like, this is a unique spot to be in right now. So I'm pretty happy Very to be building an ind independent company. Well, here. you know, the other thing that's good about it is you're a third time entrepreneur. You made a little yeah. bit of chatter on right. Uh, right. message me. So you can go long. It's Pretty not like yeah. you have to worry about paying your rent or your apartment or something. Correct. And this is the kind of business where it like seems really easy to do, but it's not easy to scale. I mean, you have to build this thing for 20 years to get it where it needs to be. Group me rather, sorry. I keep saying message me for some reason. Um, but you would have to build this for 20 years to kind of get it to your vision, I think. Uh, and you're what, seven years in? So you got seven a long years way in, to go. And, and like, you know, I say I want to build the most iconic company in music history. <laughs> so, well, you yeah. know, that's going to take go some long. time. And, uh, you know, that's... It, it's there's so much zero i'm a really good zero to one guy like you know creating yeah. something from nothing and there's so many parts of the stack here to be innovating in that there's kind of an endless appetite for continuing to improve this space yeah and this could be the one where you scale it right you do yeah. both both acts i mean steve jobs was just not good at scaling he was a zero to one guy and then he added being a one to a billion guy right you know it just took him a, a little while to do that and so i'm curious just talking about being entrepreneur and entrepreneur to entrepreneur yeah. You know, you're part of the web 2.0 kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I was when things were worth 30 million or I think mm -hmm. you saw message me for 80 million or something. Group me, something, million. Something oh, group me sorry. I keep saying yeah. message me. Sorry. Um, group me, you sold for 85 million, I think to. That's the Skype? number in the press. That's the number in the press. Yeah. That's the number in the press. Could be a little, yeah. Some people don't know. It could be earnouts. Could be a little more. Could be a little less, whatever. Um, so that was obviously selling too early, except people don't realize when at that era, that was an incredible price. Uh, yeah. But in today's era, could have wound up being Slack or, or WhatsApp. Uh, so man, you learn that lesson. That. That's pretty funny. And then today, 
You can do secondary sales, which you weren't allowed to do back in the day, mm. and you can SPAC stuff. So just as an entrepreneur, what do you think yeah. about this new landscape? What's amazing about it and what's mm -hmm. bad about it here 20 years later in your entrepreneurial journey or so? Oh, man. I mean, look, RootMe was so fast, right? We sold that 13 months in. You know, I heard recently it's got 100 million users and like, you wow. know, double digit uh, million active uh, dailies. Like, it's kind of amazing. And, you know, you, you said the Slack thing. I remember after we, we sold it, uh, I was doing a Hack Week project. And my project was just to look at the domain names of the users <laughs> uh, who had signed up. And then we had 7,000 Verizon employees, 7,000 Best Buy employees. We were Slack in. Yeah, you had Slack inside of. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was no. People were using Yahoo Messenger at that time. Remember oh, yeah. that? Like companies yeah. be like, they just get on Yahoo Messenger. You're like, what? Like, yeah, that's so, what we use. <laughs> so the thing that's interesting about it to me was that like, you know, what like at that point in time when you have that amount of money being, you know, offered to you, it's like it really is life changing. And uh and you know, it was also us against the big scary, you know, yeah. Skypes and Facebooks and all that's the Facebook Messenger had just come out, iMessage had just come out. Like it was like yeah. a, it was a journey. Um I remember an iMessage PM who like interviewed at Splice said like my job for two years was to copy everything you made at, <laughs> at GroupMe. That's a moment and of candidness. <laughs> it was nice. I, and my favorite feature was the, uh, you know, like emojis when you send them and they go big if you send them on their own. Yeah. Uh, we did that in GroupMe first before anybody. And that was, uh, that was a fun That's one. That's wild. That I'm glad is out so They the literally world. just stole it. Wow. I, I mean, mean, look. Apple's it's, not it's, as bad as like Facebook, which is just brutal how they just relentlessly steal from founders i can't take them yeah and so like Gross. you know the, the spac thing is really interesting blade went public through a spac this year um it did i didn't realize that it did. how's it doing yeah, it did. it's doing it's doing well it's out there in the market it's like you know mm -hmm. there's a it's one of those ones that has a real business right now and the potential to become something you know really mm -hmm. big with the electronic uh you know uh take off vertical yeah. vtol vtol yep and so rob's done a great job kind of leading that into to a public company which is cool um, and then with, with GroupMe, I mean, with, uh, Splice, it's just a constant, uh, looking at what our best path is to fulfilling that most iconic company in music history. I think we really do have options. Uh, it's crazy to be that I'm doing this for seven plus years. Like I, it's, it's been wild, but it's been, uh, exciting. And to know that there are more capital options than ever to, um, it's to, amazing. to kind of, yeah, I love yeah, it. I mean, I love you're it actually, idea. you're over 50 million in revenue, I'm sure, or close yeah. to around that range. Yeah, so you that. could SPAC right now. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that? Do you, would you want to SPAC and be public or would you rather have the, be able to build in stealth and not disclose numbers? Because yeah, like, I mean, right now, like everybody knows you. So retail yeah. investors on Robinhood, they kind of probably some overlap with, you know, it's kind of like Robinhood going public. It's like, well, there's the inception moment. Like you going public, there's a lot of young people or Fortnite going public. Mm -hmm. you know, the, people buy what they know. So you can get yeah, a look, big I, investor I, base. I, I think we just got to keep weighing what's right. The overhead of being a public company, the, you know, predictability yeah. of that, the, do we, you know, we have options and, and we have a, we have a ton of cash in the bank right now. So we're in a good spot. And, um, you know, that's just what we're plotting all the time is to figure out how to build this into a big independent company. Hmm. Amazing. What have you learned about managing people and growing businesses uh, uh, through three startups? It's hard, man. You know, my zero to one days are, are really, I think the transition from a founder to CEO is a journey. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I'm always learning on it, uh, really trying to lead and empower people. Um, you know, really glad that we've articulated good company values, 
um, mission vision, all that stuff. It's amazing how powerful, like that transition from when you can tell everybody the thing to like, wait, no, I need documents and, and, and really learning at scale. And I, I it's yeah. a constant, it's a constant journey for me. I added I that one too, you know, like the, the idea of like documenting something, yeah. um, was something that was kind of forced on us by no, sh- by, um, the, uh, pandemic, right. And forcing yeah. you to go remote. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm no longer going to manage by talking to people. I'm going to manage by people writing reports. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like uh, TPS reports, but <laughs> people actually writing their plan down. Yeah. It's kind of cool because yeah. you really like, it's like, oh, shit, people are going to read my plan. I better think my plan through and then I better read it twice and I better learn how to write. Yeah. And so I'm literally teaching people who work for me. I'm like, Okay, here's Grammarly, and here's the Hemingway. I don't know if you've used either of those. <laughs> no, I've heard about them, but I haven't. Yeah. Oh my god, they're both they're yeah. life changing. I don't know who copied who, but they're very yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, I use both, I, and like you go to Hemingway app or you go to Grammarly. It's like you're in the passive voice, right in the active voice. Oh, this is a so long great. sentence. This oh. is too confusing. <laughs> or and then oh. like even Grammarly is so dope now. They're like. Are you writing professionally? What's your goal here? Do you want to be intense? Do you want to be clear? So it actually Ooh, lets you like set this. what your goal is. And then writing stuff simply, I just went through a whole clinic with deal memos because you know we, we syndicate deals on the syndicate.com and I'm trying to teach my team how to do, and founders, how to write a deal memo. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I could teach you how to write. It's going to take me days. Just get Grammarly or Hemingway, put it in there and look for the, and just read up on passive voice. And just, if you just change passive voice, and don't make anytime you get to 10 words in a sentence, ask yourself, you know, just be prepared to start the second sentence. Wow. When you get to yeah. word, this is my best advice to people who want to be writers, active voice. And when you get to the 10th word in a sentence, just please, for the love of God, consider a period. Uh, like, <laughs> don't do what I do. I'm a professional writer. I right, can write a right. compound sentence. I can write a compound. I can write a like paragraph that is multiple, you know, commas and M dashes. Yep. That shit is complex. That's Kung Fu writing. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, that's Mark Knopfler. <laughs> Stay out of that. Just write like Hemingway. One sentence, 10 to 15 words, you're done. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm checking these out because, uh, you know, you that's suck the as concept. a writer? I, you know, it's like when I get into the flow, it goes, but I'm, it's always so daunting to me. It really is. And I spend so much time correcting stuff that I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could just talk to someone, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I think do what, I can just be, what I'm saying. You, when you get to your second sentence, yeah, it's time for a new paragraph. When I you like get to it. ten words, it's time to think about the period. I and like you it. are not qualified to use more than one comma in a sentence, if, <laughs> unless you want to be a professional writer and you yeah, have yeah. a writing coach and an editor. One comma max, ten to fifteen words. You got to get that period dropped. Two sentences. It's time for a new paragraph. Love it. And love it. You know, like a lot of times for writers and in business writing, one sentence. One point, mm-hmm. not one sentence, four points, mm-hmm. four sentences, four points, right? Four, yeah. s- you know, two points, one paragraph, you know, max five, six, seven points. You know, that's got to be two or three paragraphs. I'm really trying to cut down on the number of times I use and in sentences at this point, too. And it's like, yeah. and this, and then that, and that, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I think I'm, tr- I'm trending in the right direction based on your criteria. <laughs> well, I mean, think about this like, if you're talking about splice and you're like, it's for people who want to add s- drums, guitars, yeah. sounds, and, whatever. And, it's like, no, and, it's for people who want to make music. Yeah. And that's, you know, and even as period. we flow, period. Yeah. And as we flowed in the conversation, like, 
I could have said, we also sell software and we also do this, but like we well, focused on- you have the plug-in store, right? We have the plug-in store, we have collaboration paragraph. software. It's another thought, right? That's another paragraph or here we go, folks, in the right that we have like a writing clinic here, or it's time for a subhead mm-hmm. where you hit heading two or heading three in you know, Word or Google Docs. You say, I'm gonna put plugins, and then you start mm-hmm. the plugin discussion. So, like samples, mm-hmm. plugins, you know, and whatever else you're doing are just separate pages in the document. I'm I'm you are a professional writing, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, I started as a journalist and <laughs> no, I had, yeah, I know it's and how I, like- and I I was a self-taught. So what I happened to yeah. me was when I was in New York, I had all these Columbia and Barnard grads. It was Barnard, maybe mostly women from Barnard. Um, and Kieran, Stacy, shout out to all the folks at Silicon Eye Reporter, but in '96, and they were like, "You're running a magazine. You don't know how to write." And they were like editors, and they were proofers, and they were 20 years old, and I was 23 or 24, and they were just like, "We'll just edit it for you. Here's how to write." And they just they, <laughs> they taught me a lot of that stuff over time, you know. I think um, the one that I'm trying to figure out now is how to like, you know, on product and design sense, like I don't uh, really know my process. Like yeah, I just do it. That's a good one. And you I'm trying to, to like extract that here. as we do it, you know, like, oh, yes. how do you look at that? Like, what is the principle you're using? I'm like, I don't know. But now I'm trying to really, for my team's sake, trying to really extract out what yes. I'm doing in this process because uh, it's like, yeah. I, I don't even know, you know. Yeah, you need to come up with the heuristics. Right. You know, like in chess, I was playing chess with David Sachs and we played a game and it's like, control the center of the board. I'm like, mm. that's a great way to great. say it. Yeah, you know? like, and <laughs> Sum he's it like, up real clean. Unne- and he's like, unnecessary pawn movements, you know, too many pawn movements, not enough development of your other pieces. And I was like, okay. Like right. now I added those two things to my game. And then I was playing poker with Annie Duke and she, uh, she invited me to a coaching session she did before a tournament and I went and she was just like, I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. Number one, don't play under the gun seats one, two, and three, unless you have a big pair uh, or ace king, because you've got so many people who are going to raise you and you're a new player. You don't know how to deal with all those people who are going to raise you after that. So just take those three hands and that's when you can study other players. And that was her second tip. When you're not in the hand, watch the other players. Don't look at your Blackberry dating the conversation. Just stare (laughs) at the other players and try to predict what they're going to do. And I was like, wow, thank you, Andy Duke. And then, I got coached by another guy, uh, Phil Helpmuth, uh, and then my other friend, Sky like Dayton. That's a good coach. <laughs> well, Phil's one of my best friends. I'm, I'm actually cool. here in Italy with Phil. Um, right. uh, we're playing some cards. And um, Phil is, uh, you know, he, he's an incredible player, and he knows how to lay down big hands. People forget why Phil Helmuth is mm-hmm. the world's greatest mm-hmm. Texas Hold'em player. It really is three things, and I was talking to him about this at 2 in the morning last night. One, he can lay down big hands. So he can lay mm-hmm. down a king high flush. He mm-hmm. can lay down the smaller boat on the board to the two bigger boats. He can lay down the sucker straight, which is the lower end of the straight. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you've got nine ten, and I've got the five yep. six part of the straight. Uh, so being able to lay down big hands for big pots. And then he is also able to read people very well. And the third thing is people want to play into him because he's the poker brat. So that whole right, strategy right. of being obnoxious at the table or starting fights with people, it yeah. means people want to get revenge on him. So they'll yeah. play into him. If they play into him 10% more, that means they're going to be playing 10% worse hands. Right. And then if he plays 10% better hands because he's more disciplined, now he's just so EV positive. Ahead. Oh, I love that. They're just like yeah. knowing where you sit in people's minds at the table. Correct, correct. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yes. cool. Uh, and I think like every single pursuit in life has some basic heuristics. So in product design, like I was on your site, it's elegantly simple. Mm. Like there's not a lot of cruft. 
Right. And I think taking stuff out is one of the best heuristics I've ever seen. And, and that is what Apple does. Apple looks at every product and says, what can we remove? Yeah. And then yeah. like, you know, Microsoft for a long time was like, yeah, what can we add to these drop downs? What can we you add know, to the, yeah. Bill Gates is the like, okay, menu. Microsoft yeah. Word, we've only got eight drop downs. Can we get one more? Can we get a ninth <laughs> drop down? You know, and then Apple's like, you know what? All this is bullshit. Put it in the control center. And you're like, what's control yeah. center? It's like, let's make mm -hmm. control center so people can get to stuff in two clicks. Right. Because right now right. they're having to hunt and pack. Like, I mean, I think that's also a big function of having to deal with enterprise customers, right? Who won't, won't buy your thing unless it has this feature. So you're like, okay, right. I'll get this feature in. Unlike Apple, who can just be like, this is how it should be. And, uh, and come along if you want to. All right, folks, we got another winner on the program. Uh, hey, guys, <laughs> producers, uh, I'm going to say six months. Let's have him on again in six months. Uh, oh, I love congratulations that. on your great success. Jason, I'll have thank you, on. you so You know what much. I'll do is I'll have you on. For, I, I want to start doing the news roundtable again. And you seem like you're pretty brave and fearless and that you would talk about other topics in tech. Sure. Some people won't mm. because they're afraid of stepping on people's toes. Well, but you seem like you would do a news roundtable pretty well. I, I'm going to put you in rotation on the news roundtable, I think. I like it. <laughs> Uh, all, all right, right, listen, continued success. I assume you're hiring since you raised a big war chest and you're growing so Always. fast. So jobs dot splice uh, yeah, com or splice.com slash jobs. Com /jobs. Try either one. They're probably both work. All right. Keep First that name at and what do you need? You need MLAI engineers? You need engineers? I always take MI, I always engineers. Come on board. Build the coolest there software go, in the world for musicians. Pre-IPO, folks. Get in there. All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.